You are listening to Party at the All Points, a journey through the competitive realms of Age of Sigmar. And now your hosts, Dayton O'Brien, Jeffrey Bodine, and Bryce Van Welcome to Party at the All Points. Uh, let me introduce our hosts once again. I am Dayton Obrey. I'm Jeff Bodine. And I am Price Vandenberg. Now, we're in episode three of the Age of Sigmar podcast. And since we don't have any tournament news to talk about at all, because we've all been kind of dealing with the situation at hand. And speaking of which, Jeff, man, how are you holding up? Um, pretty good, you know, just focused on hobby right now a lot of people are really not into it all that much but uh that has not been a problem for me so i've been pursuing my various goals and uh just risk list writing like mad oh dude you've been putting out like three or four lists every morning as soon as i get up i'm like the fuck is all this yeah i i don't have any problems staying busy what about yourself bryce uh doing pretty well um i'm still going into work i'm an essential employee um so I'm still spending most of my day doing my normal routine. Uh, I haven't been doing a lot of hobbying, but not from a point of not interested so much as a uh, local stores uh, down on a little bit of stuff. And a lot of the stuff I need for what I'm working on right now takes a little bit longer to get. Cities of Sigmar is a very direct order range. And especially if you want to start doing wild and crazy Cities of Sigmar conversions, it just takes a little more time to get the bits and pieces together. Uh, but I'm still writing lists, uh, engaging with our local hobby community. We've got a really bunch of great bunch of guys. Uh, so chat and chop with those guys. And we're excited to eventually come out of this and start playing some games again. For sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, the fire department's been real slow. That's the nice thing about everyone staying indoors. There hasn't been a whole lot of calls to deal with. But I myself have still been working. My other job is a mechanic and welder, but we're still essential services as well, working with the mining industry, so I'm still working, but which is nice because it's a distraction, honestly. But other than that, I've been, uh, she's painting some war cry models now, just trying to keep motivated into painting. And I mean, these episodes that we're going to be doing now are really helping me motivate to look at other armies as well. But man, I am eager to play some Age of Sigmar again, for sure. Yeah, man. All right, Jeff, you got any hobby going on? I heard you got um, some painting with. I yeah, I've been uh, I like I had talked about. I wanted to explore the contrast paint range, and I can happily report that it just does a a number on getting um, all the various types of zinch horrors painted. I have been uh, banging out some blues and brims uh, pretty pretty aggressively the last couple of weeks. So I've got a bunch of them painted, uh, and I'm pretty pleased with that, man. The brims go up so fast. Ah, it's wonderful. But, uh, yeah, that's my primary uh, hobby objective was getting the Zinch guys painted, and I'm well on my way. I know we're not like a fully family-friendly podcast, but I'm a little concerned that Bodine's banging horrors. I just want to put that out there for our <laughs> listeners. <so>. Horrors! <laughs> hey, man, yeah, I got needs, all right? Or... Don't judge me. Don't Quarantine makes people do wild stuff. You do, That's you right, buddy. Um, just come in with one big body condom. <laughs> <laughs> just dive in, bitches. Yeah. But oh god. Yeah, 
right now, uh, I actually hope to put up like some sketches and stuff because I've been working on a couple of ideas for my city's army. I was looking at the Games Workshop website yesterday, just kind of idle browsing, and I really like the armager models from 40k. And so my next thing that I want to do is I actually want to take one of those and convert it into a Celestial Hurricaneum for Cities of Sigmar. Uh, so just like a crazy walking robot with like a laser cannon on its arm type of situation. Uh, remove some of the 40k stuff and make it a little bit more Age of Sigmar-y. But I really hope to have that, to get started with that sometime in the near future to make that a really, you know, a major centerpiece in my army. Hurricaneum does a lot for the list that I run. It's very important. So it'd be really cool to have one that's not just the standard wagon with the orrery on top of it. So that's that's where I'm at right now, is just designing and sketching out this idea so I can figure out what bits I need and what direction I want to go with it. I like yeah, that. It's very steampunk. Yeah. I, if you don't need the arms, I have the chassis for you. I got two. Oh, dope. Yeah, I, I probably don't need the arms. Uh, yeah. I'll finish sketching it up, and I'll chat with you about it. But yeah, I want to put some sketches up of some of the ideas I have on the Facebook page just to show people what I want it to look like. I recently watched Mad Max Beyond Fury Road again and got really inspired to do like a fully kind of mobile Cities of Sigmar. Like the theme is like the whole thing constantly has to move because they're from the Realm of Beasts, which if you guys read the lore, the Realm of Beasts is constantly changing, like it's attacking itself all the time. And so I want to do this idea that the city has to be constantly on the move because you can't build permanent settlements there. Oh, shit, man, that sounds awesome. You're stoked to see some uh, pictures on the Facebook page at least. Yeah, that'd be pretty grand. Yeah, I mean, I'm still... Uh, well, I got the Warcry I'm painting up because it's the one Games Workshop product I can force on my wife, and she enjoys it, so I got that going for me. Uh, I'm looking at building some of the kits I got from my Terror Geist, probably do a Zombie Dragon, and been eyeing up another army to do just to keep me going. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to play it or not, but at least get it painted. And I'm looking at uh, Jeff Bodine's Daughters of Cain. So we can oh. start to get some pictures. <laughs> That's right. I forgot. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> all things considered, they're in pretty good shape. So, Yeah, Price has seen it. So yeah. he, can, he can vouch for the quality. They're not terrible. They're just not. Uh, they weren't stored the way I would store them. So Yeah. Now that uh, I got a car- character caricature of myself from uh, John John Skibbins. Yeah, that's pretty cool. He does some really nice artwork. Yeah, he's been uh, he's been busy. He's always got a lineup of people doing that. So, reach out if you want a character. Uh, I post it up on our Facebook page. So you can go check that out. But this episode, we're going to be going into a list talk, and we're going to be doing the list talk on the Ma Tribe this time. So each one of us has come together with a list. And we'll uh, announce it out, see how it is. I'm assuming Jeff and Price are going to be pretty competitive with theirs. I kind of went a little bit more, uh, I don't know, fun in my eyes. It's still, ah, it maybe win three games, three or five, maybe, if that. <laughs> but why don't we start off with the list talk with Jeff. What you got? Okay. My list is probably a pretty traditional metal list right now. Uh, it is... Uh, a boulder head, um, boulder head, uh, maw tribe, and that one is the one that gives a lot of buffs to um, heroes on beasts, so like the big monsters. And it's a two drop army, which is really good. Um, I mean, obviously, the best is one, but uh, this makes use of a battalion, the Yorlbad battalion. 
And uh, in that battalion is a Huskard on Stonehorn, a Mornfang pack with four Mornfangs, another Mornfang pack with four Mornfangs, and two Stonehorn Beast Riders. The Beast Riders, I believe they are, they have, uh, they're kind of charging and then shooting oriented slightly, and they have um, the Blood Vultures. Uh, that one is basically, I think it's like a two plus and it inflicts a mortal wound on a target, like within 30, I believe it is, which is really good. Um, it, see, it doesn't seem like a lot at the front end, but you can pick anything and it's just like, oh, your hero there, ding, have a mortal. And I got a couple of those, two of them right there. And then um, on the Husguard, he's got the same thing. And um, the... Yeah. I was just yeah. going to say, it's a lot like having a uh, an additional arcane bolt in the list, just as yeah. a plinky addition, and really a more reliable, because you're probably going to get two, maybe three most of the time out of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just think about that. In two turns, that's a medium to heavy support character dead. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're knocking out almost every... Like Small I should support yeah. hero, a five wound, six wound support hero, pretty re- yeah. readily, and and it's I, I just I've got the book open right now. It is thirty inches, so you've got a yeah. ton of reach to. Yeah, so I can do out. that turn one. You really can't hide from that, and it's on a two plus, so that's five out of six. Yeah, you know it's going to work, and so that's going to kill stuff. Actually, it'll add up. It doesn't seem like a lot on the front end, but it adds up. So I decided to kind of double down on that and take all the blood vultures I could, and so that is three. The uh, Huskard, uh, in addition to having that uh, blood vulture, also um, his role in this list is to target some big hero and just run right at him and hit him with the Metal Cruncher mount trait, which just does an automatic D6 mortals. Boom. There you go. Thanks for playing. And he'll just, and his, he, he doesn't really have any kind of melee stuff per se. Just some basic stuff, but uh, the mount will possibly be able to polish off a hero. But his main thing is kind of the staying power because he's uh, for his relic. This army originates from Shyish, which is the realm of death, and he has the ethereal amulet, so he'll be locked in at a four plus. Right. So um, he will charge in t- at something that's big and important and needs to die and is really hard to kill and just take d6 mortal wounds right there and he'll just hang around and try and kill this guy because it's every turn boom d6 boom yeah. d6 it's actually a pretty good unit too for just grinding out stuff like um uh osiark bone reaper yeah. uh, more tech guard Sorry anything anything that's reliant on a big time save that you can just say not today satan and just <laughs> ding him for d6 mortals yep just grind it out and yep. and even if you eventually die like you, the trade-off of locking out a unit like Mortec guard yeah. out of the game for any length of time is well worth the exchange yeah i mean remember it's a five turn game man if you hold somebody in their spot for three full battle rounds that's championship level of victory yeah you come out significantly on top that's the boulderhead mantra too, right? Because adds all your yeah, wounds to all bol- your monsters. The boulderhead is what allows me to take multiple mount traits. Yep. And uh, gives bonuses to the movement and wounds on big monsters. So this army, like on the front end, gets plus one wound and plus one movement for almost all of these guys. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm sure you'll go over it, but just so everybody knows, uh, Bad 2 is really important here. The actual benefit of the battalion, so. Yeah. 
you get to be you get to take a a, a early like a beginning of the game. Right? Yeah, D six inches at the at the start of the your first hero phase. And it's great because it's your hero phase. It's not right. it's not before the game, so you already right. you know who's going first. You know what's gonna yeah, happen. Yeah, you don't have You've to waltz into a trap, basically. Yeah. So you get to use it on your turn, so it's entirely in your control. It's a really strong power. Um, For our listeners right now, Jeff is scrambling to find his book and go through No, no, I've got it right here. I've got it right here in my lap, E of Little Faith. uh, The hard part, listeners, is that Jeff can't read, uh, so he's really just kind of interpreting pictures right now and hoping that Dayton and I pick up the slack on on what things do. A true destruction player. What's truly amazing is that not only can I not read, but I also managed to con somebody out of an engineering degree. <laughs> so that's the real magic, ladies and gentlemen, and the reason why you should listen to me. Because if I can pull it off, so can you. The final was a pop-up book. <laughs> <laughs> the best bullshitter in the, in the industry. All right, let's see. So who so, gets your artifact of power, then? Um, your well, grand of shard? Yeah, the, that, that goes to the final piece in the puzzle. Oh, well, first of all, let me just talk about the Mornfang packs. They don't really do a whole lot. Um, I, I gave them the culling clubs and pray, like the, the regular melee weapons. Um, they will hold objectives for me and take opportunistic attacks. They're really not all that great. Um, I mean, they're okay. Yeah, well, they're speed, armed. right? What's that? They're a little bit of speed in your army, right? Uh, everything army everything is, is fast. Everything is fast for this army. But... Um, they're just the basic cavalry guys, which compared to the other choices, kind of pale. But uh, you know, if you're looking for big damage production from them, and you're looking in the wrong place. But um, they're they'll be hard to shift because they do have a fair number of wounds, and they're fast, so they can get to the holding of objectives, especially if you get first turn. And a two drop list will be able to do that. Um, so they've got their uses. It's just don't you need to temper your expectations when it comes to them. Um, but the, the main production is going to come from the Stonehorns and the, uh, well, they're all Stonehorns. The Stonehorn Beast Riders, the Husguard, and then finally the Frostmord. So he is the guy who's going to go in and smash big blobs of dudes. He got the Ma Tribe Relic and the uh, Black Clatterhorn Mount Trait. Now that one is very important for this because... Um, it improves your your hoof attacks with that guy, and the brand of the sword is the artifact, and that also correlates with that. So they all work together, and this dude really gets big production out of his mounts attacks, makes them really strong, and they do like three or four damage. It's pretty high. I can go to that real quick. Yeah, I'll, I'll pull it up. Um... Yeah, it's it's very consistent uh, damage output yeah. out of that for sure. Um, and also, I mean, if, if you're not familiar with um, our Ogre Maw tribes as a general rule, it's worth noting talking about like a frost sword on a stone horn. It's also a 13 wound model with a three plus save. Um, Mine will be 14. Right, his are 14. Um, you've and Jeff's list is bringing four total stone horns. Is that right? That's correct. Yes. Yeah, so it's. <laughs> four monsters worth between an average of 14 or 13 wounds a, a model. So, yeah, it's it's a low model count, but Christ, the, the wound count is enormous. So. That, and these guys put out a dumpster full of damage. 
So that is kind of their thing, is they're going to charge right into your face and just utterly obliterate whatever they hit. And that's the whole concept. Um, yeah, and the damage on those horns is three. Yep. And it's Ren 2, which is huge. That is, there's not a lot in this game that has Ren 2. So you're going to be punching people right in the junk. And it's uh, really strong. Well, even if you get any of them low, too, you have the command ability to then pick them and use their top tier as if they're not even wounded. That's so right. So they even put down their damage. Yeah, so, so you're not going to... Yeah, exactly. You're not going to kind of weaken them to the point where they're useless. Um, they'll always be able to keep hitting you. And at the top profile, I have six of those attacks. And that relic will make me hit on twos. So that between the combat or the the, the artifact and the um, mount trade, I'll be hitting on twos, and I believe we're rolling. Yep. So if if I may, Jeff, uh, I know we've all kind of talked about these lists, but what do you think we what do you think strengths and weaknesses from like a scenario standpoint? What do you think you're good at, and what do you think the things the list has to really watch out for are? Um. Character assassination, something that generates a lot of damage from, like, mortals or something like that is going to punch right through the saves on these guys. And if the, the problem is the list has two heroes. So, like, there's a mission that you can only capture objectives with heroes and they have to stay on them. That one will be a tough one for me because I'm going to start losing my strength just trying to win the game. Um, and... This is a very small army, so that means that it's going to be swingy, which means if I have some bad dice, things can go fast really, really badly. Things can go downhill really fast. And uh, so, you know, and, and there's not a lot of room for error when you have a small army because you have to be very exacting. Um, so this army in general is just going to need some experience behind it to get you know, really get the most out of it, but the damage potential is huge. Um, missions where you have to hold a bunch of objectives are going to be tough. You're going to need to rely on killing the other guy off of them rather than just taking them and saying, come get me. You can't play that way. This army has to be super aggressive. Everything you've got needs to be attacking. ABCs, always be charging. So that's going to be true for all ogres, but in particular this one because the model count is so low. You need to be getting in there and killing stuff and taking the objectives that way. Yeah. Another thing to watch out, too, is being uh, large-based. If there's any armies that you're facing with a lot of, like, screens or endless spells to kind of shut down your movement paths, that could really hurt you as well. Just something to keep in mind. Yeah. I do think the list will do really well in high-mobility missions, things like um, Star Strike or Gift from the Heavens, where yeah. you want to move around quickly. Um, and I also think it probably does a really good job at something like Duality of Death, which is battle line and heroes only scoring, but there's only two objectives on the table. And yeah. I think that this list could do a really fantastic job of, of bricking up those two objectives really effectively. Oh, undoubtedly. Any mission, the fewer objectives there are, the happier I am. Because this, this army doesn't have a lot of uh, models, so I can't occupy a huge space. And in order to get maximum effect, I really kind of want to stay together. Right. And just hit a concentrated area with all my power and make it be, okay, I got 2,000 points versus your 1,000. And I'm going to smash that 1,000. And then it'll be 2,000 points versus your other 1,000. Like, that's how I kind of want to play this army, is to have an, a lopsided matchup in an instance where I just obliterate the other guy for that chunk 
and now he's just like down and I take nothing in return. Makes a lot of sense. I like it. It's also from a, just the model standpoint, super low model count, very oh, yeah. tournament friendly from a travel standpoint, uh, super uh-huh. easy to chuck in a case. I mean, the models are large, but you can find something to contain that, that low model count army, which is a strength of ogres in general. But I, this is a cool list because it is the smallest models on a, a Mornfang, which is pretty badass. So yeah, it's low model count. It's easy to get. This is built with two um, Beast Paw Raider start collectings and then two additional Stonehorn kits, and you're done. Um, it's it's very very easy to get, um, and it's got a lot of power. It packs a big punch. Um, in my opinion, it's 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 pretty flavorful, but also doesn't have to sacrifice potency. Um, and yeah, it's very quick to play. This is going to be a fast game. You don't have a lot. You don't do a lot per se. That's good. The melee phase is going to be highly destructive. You're drinking fast, win, lose, yes. or draw. So pretty much, yeah. <laughs> this is a user friendly, or this is a a game environment friendly army because it's super fast and it will either obliterate the other guy or just get stomped out. Basically, knights. <laughs> In a lot of ways, yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's a good analogy. Yep. I dig it, man. I think it's a cool list. So it can do some work. I'm looking. That's one actually that I've got physically in the works because uh, Ogres is my destruction army that I'm working on, and I have the, some of the start collecting boxes, and I just need to get a few more things, and then I'll be ready to rock. And I can actually put some of this test to theory and back it up with some results. But uh, I do like this list. Um, like I said, the thing that gives me the willies is only having two heroes, but you just have to temper your playstyle to not let that become a big problem. So Makes sense. So now we can get past uh, your giant monster match list, because I'm really interested in Dayton's fun ogre list that he's talking about. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm curious to hear this one, man. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm going to have to like hold the WTFs. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 got like a hundred more models than what Jeff is bringing to the table. I'm already impressed that you can put a hundred more models in ogres than anything. All not so. ours. All not <laughs> ours. Uh, so it's a. I went. Uh, I don't know. I just kind of want to go something a little bit bigger that are different than the big monsters because you you're gonna see a lot of them. Anytime people are running ogre mod tribes, they're gonna be running the big boys. I mean, that's a big appeal of the army. Yeah, I think my list is probably pretty meta popular, so you will probably see that more than once. Uh, so I went for more of a kind of a castle-y, shooty army. Uh, seven drop army, and I went with the Underguts Maw Tribe. Now, the Underguts allows your lead belchers to shoot at 18 inches instead of 12 inches. And that's big for them because if any time they stand still, like if they don't move and then shoot, they get D6 attacks as opposed to D3. And then, uh, so let me start off my heroes. So I packed a Tyrant. And he, I gave him the nice drop of the red stuff. That's his, uh, the command, or, um, what the hell is it? Nice drop yeah, of red stuff. The trait. Yeah. The command trait. Yeah. And actually, he was not supposed to get that. Sorry, he's supposed to get uh, the massive scars is the command trait he has to take. And that's uh, subtract one from wound rolls, attacks made by missile weapons to pin him out. So harder to snipe him because he is a big key to this whole army. And yeah, I gave him the gruesome trophy rack. Uh, the artifact, what it does is you pick a Ma tribe, like a under or a guts unit, 
and it gives him plus one to hit on all attacks, not just me. Yeah. So what the idea behind it is you stick him in and you surround him and I got ten lead belchers that go around him. So he's going to give him the command trait to give him plus one to their attack characteristic for the missile weapons. And then on top of that, he's going to give him plus one to hit. So you're getting D6 plus one missile shots per lead belcher. So that's 10 D6 plus one attacks, hitting on threes, wounding on threes, and that's minus one rend and one damage. So that's going to be your main damage output on this army. Uh, next to him is going to be the Butcher. He's the caster for the Ogre Ma tribes. And he gets the artifact, the Noblar Blast Keg. That's what you have to take when you take the Undergrad, uh, Undergrad's Ma tribe. And basically, it's nothing special. You just, uh, once per battle, it's mortal wounds. And the more units in the army, the more mortal wounds it'll do. Yeah. I really like that. But the spell you're going to give him is the Ribcracker spell. So the Butcher himself comes with a really good spell where it's the D3 Mortal Wounds and you roll a die if it's a 4 and up. It does another D3 Mortal Wounds and you just keep going until yeah. you stop rolling 4 ups. Which is, I've seen that thing go off on myself like 6 times in a row. It's disgusting. Yeah, if it spikes, it's real nasty real fast. Yeah. But the main, main spell you're taking them with is the Ripcracker and you pick an enemy unit and it's minus 1 to their saves. Yep. So whatever comes charging into your lines, you're going to hit them with the minus one save and you're going to try to shoot them off the table. Now, they're not going to be getting to you because you are screening with 80 Noblars. <laughs> you got 60 Noblars, a unit of 60 Noblars, and a unit of 20 Noblars. Now, normally morale is a big issue, but the Tyrant is going to be close by and his command trait is do D3 mortal wounds to a unit and they don't, they're immune to battle shock then. So the screen that you're, that's 60 wounds. So that's, sorry, that's 80 wounds for 370 points to chew through. So anything that gets caught into that screen is hopefully going to hold there and you can start shooting them off the table. And for the rest of my, fill out the rest of my battle line, I got the ogre gluttons, just a unit of six and they'll kind of move up on the side to grab objectives and they're as anyone knows, they're just they're hard to remove. You gotta put some focus into them for sure. And then I got a unit of iron guts, just four, uh, which would be close to the army for anything that wants to jump the screen. They'll go out and engage them because iron guts are disgusting. Yeah, iron guts are a very tough unit. Yeah, they're a linchpin unit. You can build around them. And at the back of this, I got a Noblar scrap launcher. So with the <laughs> Noblar scrap launcher and the Noblars, I was able to get the junk mob. Italian? Nice. I'm super pumped that you are that you're building junk mob. <laughs> yeah, the that's fucking greatest. Yeah, I so, got a trash launcher. <laughs> I'm the it's trash a, man. Yeah. <laughs> so all that is it's it's a hundred point battalion and that allows you to get the extra artifact to get the lead belchers pumping more. But the Noblar scrap launcher is a, if you're playing against someone like myself, like you're playing against this sort of army, or you're playing against goblins or Skaven or something. That scrap launcher could do a, quite a bit of work because it's, it's with the battalion, it's four attacks hitting on twos against a large mob, wounding on fours, and is D6 damage for everyone that goes through. So, I mean, it, D6 damage is the most addicting thing in Age of Sigmar. On a side <laughs> oh, note, yeah. like, I have I play often with a dragon that has D6 damage bites, and like, there are times where it sucks, but there are also times where 
you spike with it, and it's the most fun thing on the planet Earth. If you play an army, just to all of our listeners, you play an army that has a D6 damage source in it, play with it, because you'll have better games. You might not win a bunch of games, but you'll have a blast playing it. That time when you roll all those sixes and see the light fade from the other guy's eyes. It's it's worth it. It's it's the closest you could ever come to killing someone without actually killing someone. Well, if people start going missing in Bodine's neighborhood, I know who to call now. (laughs) You're going to call the strippers to find out where Jeff is. (laughs) (sighs) I hate it. I... One of the big things that's missing from the Mod Tribes is casting, in my opinion, especially like Endless Spells, which I really love Endless Spells in my armies. So I allied in two Fungoid Cave Shamans for 180 points. (laughs) And then for the Endless Spells, I took the Scuttle Tide and the Scrap Scuttle's Arachna Cauldron. Now, normally when you ally in uh, magic users, they don't get any of the spells from their lore. You have to actually be of the faction to get the lures. And the initial spell that comes with the fungoid cave shamans isn't that good. But with the arachnid cauldron, the arachnid cauldron, you get access to the whole moon clan lore. Yeah, basically, it's a, a great way to circumvent that for sure. And the negative to that cauldron, because then that gives him plus one to his cast and dispels. But it takes it does D three mortal wounds to a unit. The closest you get to pick one of the closest units. So the idea is you're going to have those noblars touching in there. So they're going to be eating up these wounds from this arachnicolder. And then for the big axis spell from the arachnicolder is the itchy nuisance. So the army that hits your line is then going to attack last. That's what itchy nuisance does for them. Yeah. And then don't discount. Just don't don't dismiss. 60 Noblars chucking stones and doing the little point damage, because that's still quite a bit. I mean, volume of dice eventually, right? Like, the, the best way to get through an ethereal amulet is pure volume, for example. Yeah. So. yeah. And then the other idea is to bring in the Scuttle Tide to block a unit from coming in on you right. to help slow down the army, because there is no range to that spell. It just comes out of any terrain yeah, feature terrain on the feature. board. And it's it's basically the same size as the grave type. Yeah, the base is huge. It's if you've not seen it, the base is way bigger than you think it is. And for thirty <laughs> points, it could shut down like a unit, like a five hundred point unit. It's it's a great spell, in my opinion. So yeah, I got a lot of spell casting for things that come at me. Uh, I'm somewhat castled, so I'm waiting for things to come at me to hit my lines because I'm not really that mobile, unfortunately. But uh, yeah. It's 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 a pretty tough nut to crack to get into. So yeah, that's my fun list. It'd be a pain in the ass to Well, that's not true. It'd be not that hard to travel with because you don't feel bad about just taking a handful of knoblars and kind of just stuffing them. Yeah, you just get you like an old candy bucket and carry all of your knoblars <laughs> in that, right? Like yeah. just like your kid's Halloween candy bucket from McDonald's, just chuck all your knoblars in there, so the Scrap biggest bucket. attraction yeah, the biggest attraction on this list is that the Noblars actually have a surprising amount of detail on the models. So yeah. paint, painting them takes for freaking ever, and it's like a garbage model. <laughs> yeah, but they have all kinds of weird little, like, bottles yeah. and, like, fur hats. and Yeah, they got all sorts of crap. They're not, they're not, like, blank, boring models. They have tons of character, and unfortunately, character equals paint time. 
God. Anytime you have 60 or 80 models in a unit, you lose the details. So yeah, they're not that hard to paint. They're like your brimstones. Like you see enough of them on the table, they start to blend together. So brimstones are a very rudimentary model. I mean, they're literally <laughs> chunks of, of flaming charcoal. That's I, I feel like somebody got told to sculpt brims and was like, oh, you son of a bitch. And then just sculpted up fire about 12 seconds. Like, here you go. Here's brims. It's Fuck fire them. with a face. Here you go. Box them and print them. <laughs> That's about right, man. They're so easy to paint. So, I mean, a big weakness of this army, for sure, is if uh, someone comes at you with the AoE bombs. Because you're going to be centered around that tyrant, because he is the working piece to this whole army. He's the one giving out the buffs. He's the one making the Noblars immune to battle shock. Uh, yeah, like, he is a big key piece. And the other funny thing about this list, too, actually, is those Spungoid Cave Shamans can get you command points. Yeah. But the army doesn't really need command points, because you're going to be spending... Well, you're going to spend two a turn. Yeah, you're also you're definitely gonna pop one for reroll to hit ones to hit in shooting on a very consistent basis, and then yes. the tyrant's ability as well. So it, you'll actually get a pretty good track record out of out of the fungoid cave shaman production, I think. Yeah, so with the reroll ones, you're probably gonna be wanting to spend three turn because you want to get the plus one to the attack characteristics of the lead belchers, and then you're gonna want to make those novelars immune to battle shock. Yeah, and fortunately, once you use the immune to battle shock. It's done. Excuse me. You know, you're done. Do it's it's good game. for the game. So, yeah. At least you're not having to to re up that on a regular basis. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're gonna give the tyrant the most of the time. You're gonna just gonna give him the better armor save. Yeah. Fate. Fate. Something. Yeah. Gives him a and it's one of those save. things. It's it's a like it was really hard to come up with lists because your points just start to disappear as soon as you start clicking models. But. Um, Anything that does jump the screen or gets through the Noblars, like you're still facing like gluttons and lead belchers are still models yeah. in melee. Like yeah, everything can still fight. The tyrant, oh, yeah, they're also, still really good. The tyrant hits hard. Uh, on a side note, I just looked this up out of idle curiosity. I don't think that you you wouldn't make any change in your list. I didn't realize Fate Seeker actually says this model has a save characteristic of three plus instead of a four plus, which makes that a really good target for Ethereal Amulet if you wanted to go that route. Because you get a, it's not a modifier. You're actually changing the save characteristic. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, but your uh, the ethereal element's in. awesome, but that's you're, the tyrant. Hopefully, is not getting in combat. In yeah, this. you're also locked in because of your your maw tribe and everything else that goes with it. So. Well, no, because I took the extra artifact. Oh, for right. him that yeah. gruesome trophy rack to give the plus one to hit on the uh, lead belchers. Yeah, but that's kind of the thing is he's locked. He his role is kind of already. Established. He's the big support piece for sure. But at the end of the day, it's it's ten d six plus one. Well, sorry, plus ten. Right. Hitting on threes, wounding on threes, minus one, one damage, eighteen inch range shots. It's so not super common, but the one thing I'd be the one thing that would, I think would worry about that list any, more than anything else is actually stuff that can get minus one or minus two to hit uh, yeah. versus shooting. Because that can that can really start to shift the odds, but the benefit is right now in the game that's not a terribly common bonus. Most of the negatives to hit come from uh, come in melee instead of in shooting, so or things that get close to you, right? Right. Yeah, yeah I, I actually I don't think you're too worried about stuff getting close to you because you've got you've got gluttons, got you've got iron guts, and you <laughs> yeah. still have you still have uh, lead belchers. They're not bad in a fight at all. They are. They're very they're, good. 
they're, they're not going to stand up to maybe the most dedicated melee specialist in the game, but a lot of the fast stuff that's going to get to them, things like Shadow Warriors, Gyrocopters, um, Ungors of some sort, Synagors, they perform admirably in combat against that type of unit. Yeah. I'm not going to be crazy, though. I'm not going to go out and start buying these models, but it is a cool, in my eyes, a pretty neat list to uh, bring to the table. Noblars on the table are just fun to see anyways. Yeah, it's pretty. I, I, the fact that it's run junk mob gets major points already. Though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you that, can just chuck that in the bag too, because the more broken up it is, the more it looks real. <laughs> An actual junk mob. <laughs> just yeah, some beer cans was, on the table. Actually, it was one thing that I was kind of crying about with my list was the inability to get a caster in there. I really wanted to quite badly, uh, but it didn't happen. And I'm one that does not like to leave design holes like that. And just like an automatic weakness, like, oh, can't do anything about that um, when it's avoidable. But um, it was just it, the, the points weren't working out. So I had to I had to change course. But that is one thing that I forgot to mention that I do lament about my list is no caster. Yeah. And those uh, fungoid cave shamans for one phase can also do two spells. So. Right. Yeah. They're 90 points. I mean, they're awesome. That's that's a pretty good deal. Yep, dirt cheap, chuck them in there, generate some command points, cast some spells, solid and choice. They, and they ignore mortal wounds on four ups. Just just the ability <laughs> to, you know, dispel that endless spell like you were talking about. Yeah, you know? oh, for sure. It just let play the full game. So I place a lot of value on that. All right, Price, the kids have been playing around with some list ideas. Tell us what to actually bring. Uh, so interesting enough, I don't know that my list is any more... Big Kids Table, I went with something that's a little different, something I haven't seen a lot of. I, I wanted to include a Forge World model here, so that's a part of the list. I did not go with a Maw Tribe. Uh, I went, or not a Maw Tribe, a, uh, yeah, or sorry, a Maw Tribe. I didn't go with one, a, a no Maw Tribe here, because I wanted some more flexibility. I'm just going to walk through this, and then we'll talk about each unit here in a second. So I've got a Slaughtermaster. That's my general. Has questionable hygiene, which is a pretty cool buff. Makes units within six inches of him minus one to hit. Uh, he's going to hang out with a unit of Iron Guts you'll see here in just a minute to help keep them around a little bit longer, give them some more longevity. He also has the Shrunken Priest Head, which gives him a five-plus save after save. Uh, gives him some added durability. Uh, and then I've taken Blood Feast on my Slaughtermaster. That is going to give a unit plus one attack. Um, which is really pivotal because I have a large unit of Iron Guts that we're going to get to here in a minute, and I want them to be as efficient as possible. Uh, my next choice is a Frost Lord on Stonehorn, very similar to Jeff's setup. I went with Ethereal Amulet Metal Cruncher on mine because I feel like if you can either go Black Clatterhorn or this setup, I like this setup better for the list. Ethereal Amulet means that you ignore modifiers to your save, and Metal Cruncher is the D6 Mortal Wounds basically a turn. Similar role, he wants to sit in a unit and just grind it out and pins out something that I'm worried about maybe getting to my Iron Guts or my Iron Guts too fast. My last hero, and this is one I'm most excited about, is a Trogoth Hag from Forge World. If you haven't seen the <laughs> model, it's phenomenal. Uh, it's one of the grossest models on the planet Earth. It's fantastic. She's a beaut. She's amazing. She's a 16-wound model, 4-plus save. Uh, her movement uh, changes as she degrades. The She is a caster, so she casts one spell a turn. She has a great spell. Uh, you're going to make a unit minus one to hit, 
and you're going to subtract one from save rolls for attacks that target that unit. Cast on a 7, so it is a fairly high casting value when you don't have any bonuses. She innately has a negative 1 to hit <clears throat> uh, in melee. And she heals D6 wounds allocated to her per hero phase. She's very Jesus. difficult to get rid of. She's pretty bulky. Uh, fairly good in close combat. Not an absolute monster, but definitely there. And the other thing I love about her is she has a copious vomit ranged attack. 10-inch range. Uh, starts out with 6 attacks and then degrades. 3s to hit, 3s to wounds, Ren minus 2, and damage D3. She's a total package. She shoots, she fights, she casts spells. She's durable. I thought it would be fun to get this in, kind of mix up another hero, a very bulky, durable hero. Well, she's another unit to rush in, right? You're not afraid right. of pushing her in the crowd. No, and the thing I like about her is she's completely doesn't rely on anything else in the army. She doesn't need to be around anything. She doesn't care about if she's near characters. She just runs off on her own. Uh, she don't need no man to stick up for her. Exactly. Uh, no. <laughs> not at all. Uh, not that I know too many men who are just dying to get in bed with a Trogoth hag, but... Uh, I've seen, I got her. some buddies with some wives that are questionable. <laughs> um, <laughs> next up, I've got a unit of eight Iron Guts. We were just talking about Iron Guts a minute ago. These guys are a brick shithouse. Uh, they have a phenomenal just melee potential. They have three attacks per model. Um, the Rend is minus one. They're threes and threes, and the flat damage three. Fantastic. You can't, yeah. it's hard to beat a flat damage three attack. Um, their, com their ability as a war scroll is kind of mad because if a unit has fled, they get a chance to reroll hit and wound rolls. I'm not really counting on it. I mostly want to buff them with my Slaughtermaster, who's an upgraded version of the Butcher. Uh, he's got several really interesting abilities out of his cauldron. Um, I, and we'll get to it. I'm running the Gourmand Battalion, uh, War Scroll Battalion, which allows him to use that ability twice. I uh, primarily uh, want to fish for... Give me just a second. Let me remember the name of this one. Yeah, I want to fish for Spine Marrow. So you pick a friendly Ogre unit wholly within 12 inches of this model, and you get to add one to hit rolls made by melee weapons. So ideally, I have four attacks per Iron Gut unit hitting on twos, wounding on threes. Um, and also, this list has a lot of healing. The Slaughtermaster can heal, the Mawpot can heal, which of course all of our lists have. Um, yeah. and, and the Slaughtermaster has a chance to double heal. Um, he also has a chance to do D3 mortal wounds to your unit. <laughs> right. <laughs> and throw um, bad meat. Yeah, throwing bad meat, but also, Blood Rule, every time the Slaughtermaster successfully casts a spell, on a 2+, plus, you heal a wound allocated as well. So, you've got a lot of healing in this list. I have six Ogre Gluttons. They're really there to round out battle line. It's 24 wounds. Uh, they're there to hold a point. Maybe they'll do some damage. But largely, I just wanted a kind of bulky body group. Well, they're flat two damage too, right? So Right. Uh, and then finally, I have a unit of four Lead Belchers to round out my battle line options. I like them a lot. They're not as efficient as they are in Dayton's list but still a good shooting unit that can clear screens. Really, they're there so that they can help my Iron Guts get into the targets that I want my Iron Guts to get into. Um, and this list is 1,900 points. You've got 100 points to play with for endless spells. I have some that I like particularly. Uh, I really like the Aether Void Pendulum. It's a fire and forget it. You set it on the table, pick a direction, it goes. I think... Uh, what is the name of it? Um... 
Prismatic Palisade, sorry, is another really good one, similar to Dayton's usage of the uh, Scuttle Tide. Scuttle Tide, thank you, to block off movement. But really, that's 100 points worth of room for you to play around with. You have two casters, so you have plenty of options to get your endless spells on the table when and where you want them. And you can kind of spice it up and fit those in as the meta evolves or as you decide what the list needs. Yeah, but, endless spells are dominant for the movement game. Like, if you haven't played around with them before, like, uh, Grasping Chains or anything like that, that just, you can shut people down. I mean, Skaven have been doing it for all the time with that stupid Warp Lightning yeah, Vortex. Vortex. Yeah, and they're just, it's hard to see, I think, the impact on the table until you play them, until you actually see a Prismatic Palisade just set in front of your army and forcing you to move around it. And as Jeff said earlier in the cast, yeah, it's, it's a five-turn game. If you eat a round of movement out of your opponent with a 30-point Prismatic Palisade, it paid for itself all day. Yeah, you're lolling. Yep. That's that's a good one. So, uh, straight you, to this list... Uh, I apologize, Dayton, go ahead. Yeah, sorry, or you're playing against my army and you throw it in front of me and now I can't shoot you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Prismatic Palisade against shooting lists can be pretty nasty, especially if they start taking the minus one. Uh, I think the strengths of this list is pretty well-rounded. I've got a little bit of everything. I've got some shooting, some casting. I've got a big, two big monsters. Um, the It plays a fair amount of scenarios well. It suffers from the thing that most ogre lists, I think, will suffer from, which is lots of uh, objectives are tough to deal with. But it can get there. It's got a lot of punching power. Weaknesses, I only am putting what, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six total units on the table. This is a three-drop army. Uh, so uh, movement has to be key. You have to play with what you want to play with well. You have to pick your targets, and you have to really make sure you don't get bogged down in your opponent's tar pit. A, a really great example is if you're fighting a Zinch player with, with pinks, you've got to have a plan on how you plan to get through those pinks quickly, or else they yeah. can they can take the whole game away from you if you're not careful. What spell well, are you taking with your Slaughtermaster? I took Bloodfeast, which is a bonus attack spell. And then yeah. he also has Rock Chomper as his base ability on his War Scroll. Yeah, uh, so he's giving plus one to attack against those. Yeah, <laughs> Iron plus guts. one attack yeah. first. Yeah, the That's idea so... with the Iron Guts is if you can get Iron Guts up to four attacks, twos and threes, rend one, three damage apiece is a very solid profile. Yeah. That that will do and push through a significant amount of damage on a consistent basis. Yeah, they're devastating. If you're facing that, you have to kill the Iron Guts. Right. Or they're gonna they're gonna murder your face. So. Or kite them around the board. One of those right. two. And I think, I, I think <laughs> I with, the way, with the way ogres work, because if anybody listening isn't familiar with ogres, the one of their key army abilities is they are either hungry or they are eating. If they're not in combat, they're hungry, and they have plus two move. If they're in combat, they're eating, and they have plus two bravery. So your iron guts are move eight. Uh, it's yeah. difficult to outrun move eight on a consistent basis, especially yeah. if there's a Trogoth hag and a frost lord on Stonehorn working to corral you in and get you into those positions that you want to that you want to be in. I appreciate a good dry slider. So yeah, are you going out and buying this army now or what? Oh uh, Lord, no. Uh, Cities of Sigmar <laughs> is my only love on the planet Earth. I will play Cities of Sigmar until I die or Games Workshop uh, just tears it out of my cold, dead hands. Um, I, I just love Cities of Sigmar. What if they so, raise the price on that damn dragon? Uh, I'll still play it, man. There's so many <laughs> other cool builds in that army. 
Like, I love my dragon, but there's so many other cool things. This one I wrote because I like Forge World models sometimes. I think they're really cool. Chance to get one in there. And this is just a big, beefy, like, smashy army. Wants to run in, get stuck in, and just do damage to stuff, which I think is very ogre in its iteration. And so it's just a chance to just smash dudes uh, with, with fatties with giant maces and, and gut cleavers. So. Yeah. It was really cool to actually go through this book and look at some of the units, because I was looking at some really neat things I wanted to add to my army, uh, like the Icefall Yetis yeah. are really cool. The minus one to hit them in melee, the six-inch pile-in, the run and charging, and they, uh, what, three attacks, fours and threes, minus one, straight two damage. Yep. I actually almost went down a rabbit hole of a crazy Icebrow Hunter, all, like, Frost Sabers, Yeti. Yeah. I don't know that would have been amazing, but I think thematically it would be really dope to have. Uh, well, that's your your movement board. issue, right? You can pop them up in the third round yeah. and just really turn the tide. Yeah. Those frost yeah. sabers can do a lot of work too. Yeah, frost sabers are are dirt cheap for what they get you. Two wounds apiece, you know, three attacks, fours, threes, or in one damage. One, it's not the best profile, but for what you're paying for them, it's a good way to add cheap bodies to an ogre list. Or and then the, list and then the Icebrow hunter can give me an extra attack characteristic too for yep. that one round. Yeah, it was fun. It was a lot of fun to go through this battle tone for sure. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. It's a good way to, to kind of stretch your knowledge and understanding. I thought it was a, a cool opportunity. Yeah, it's got a lot of options. I mean, there was another army list that I was really thinking about that centered around the Butcher's Band. Well, I'm sure uh, you'll send three lists in the morning when I wake up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's already written, don't worry. But, uh, <laughs> no, I mean, there, one thing that I like about this book is that it does have a lot of flexibility. Um and there's a lot of things you can do, and nothing's just like, wow, this is just complete useless garbage. Um, you can, you know, with a clever mind and some you know, consideration, <laughs> you can make th- some things work. These new books that have been coming out are pretty, they're pretty good. It's a lot to be happy about. Sounds like the COVID in the background there. What's going on? Well, <laughs> don't worry about that. <laughs> Loading's got the Rona, everybody. <laughs> It's all over for me, kids. <laughs> all right, so we put out the feelers for what you want to see for list construction from the three of us. Uh, the, the other one, this was a tie, so we went with Ogre Ma Tribes this time. And Disciples of Zeech, for as much as it pains me, I'm going to have to buy another book. Sounds like that's going to be our next episode. It's coming up with a list. I'm excited yeah. for Disciples. I've got... I, Jeff, I think, is going to take the lead on the next one for the most competitive option, but I think there's some really bonkers lists that are going to be a lot of fun to talk about in that book as well. Yeah, the, I mean, the thing is, should I just kind of, like, explain more about my current list, or should I try and come up with something different? So. Uh, I think I think you should showcase your, your change host. It's a solid yeah. list. It's nasty. It's pretty strong. It's, it's really good. It's, it's a good list. It's one of the better lists I've ever played with, so... It's uh, it's fun to talk about because it's potent, and I've tested it. I think maybe I'll try to make mortals an option. Yeah. Because I know you guys are both going to be demons, so... Actually, I, I probably well, am going to go back to my roots. Uh, just as a preview, guys, uh, you're probably going to be hearing about some Beast of Chaos-related nonsense from me oh in, this, in this next episode, <laughs> so... Yeah. Seen that. Put, Ar- put Archeon on it. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
But I want to give a shout out to Val Heffafinger for working on our introduction with our new music and our our outro music. All that's been all done now. Uh, now that we're fully producing our own episodes, that should hopefully give us a lot more control. And I wanted to start getting us some music and reach outs. Uh, big shout out to John Scrivens for doing that poetry for me. I mean, I, I paid the man because it's tough times right now. So I'm trying to support as many people as you can because we're still working. Oh, yeah. Support your local game store, guys. Do what you can. Yep, 100%. Um, yeah, even... Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to, in the vein of shout-outs, uh, we've got some guys from our local store listening who form our core Age of Sigmar community. So myself, Jeff, and then uh, Travis, I know, has listened. Ernest, Thompson, um, Rick, Anthony, I think, has listened to Anthony, Anthony Martin, who is some kind of... What, he wanted something... Like he's the king of something or other, king of, yeah. king, king uh, of the public restroom. Probably that seems like a job for Anthony. <laughs> but I just wanted to—we have a really great local community. It's small, it's growing. They're awesome guys. Just wanted to shout those guys out. Thanks for listening, and yeah, can't guys. wait to get back to playing playing games with y'all as soon as we can. Look forward so. to it. Love the theory talk. So it's been great. Um, doesn't have to be boring. Um, and yeah, I guess in an, also in the shout out vein, I wanted to. Drop some props to our previous uh, aides. That would be uh, Mr. Matt Badnerchuk and uh, Mr. Matt Helm. Matt Helm, who helped produce our episode one and was instrumental in getting us going. And then Mr. Badnerchuk for both letting us use the server and for just giving us some tips on you know how to make a product that's listenable. And same thing with Matt there. He's you know, somebody whose opinion I value a lot. And, uh, so he gives some guidance and I'm ready to listen. And uh, I certainly appreciate it. And I know these guys do too. Yep. Wow. We'll have Matt Helm on the show at some point anyways. Once those yeah, these come guys, up, they're not like, sucker, you know, man. Or anything like that. <laughs> just, they're just some people that gave us some early help that deserve to be mentioned. So there you go. They're not just some people that are our team. Beyond, they run their own podcast, Beyond the Battlefield. Yep. That's uh, Lucas, Cody, George, and Matt Bondershuk. So, big thanks out for those guys, for sure. And stay tuned for our next episode. Happy Easter from Dayton Overy. You will see a show in two weeks. And signing off. Jeff? Alright, thanks guys. We'll talk to you later. Yep, and appreciate you guys listening. Have a good week. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Oh, 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 oh,